This is a Woodside Church podcast. All right, good morning uh, to all of you, and it is a privilege uh, to bring you the Word of God uh, today, and it is always a privilege to be part of this wonderful worshiping community as we worship God as, like, as a family. Uh, this morning we will continue the, the series that we started um, with, uh, f- for the last few weeks, and this is about the book of Nehemiah, and it is about a time to rebuild. And up to now we have seen already how Nehemiah, Nehemiah received the news from Jerusalem, especially the news that the walls were broken, and how he took the challenge to lead the team that to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. We have already seen how uh, this project has started. He started with prayer. He prayed for four months. Then after that, he approached the king. He prayed. And then he took the mission to go to Jerusalem. He prayed. And we have seen for the last few weeks how we moved from passion to prayer to work to bringing people together and also to continue the, the work of rebuilding the wall. Now, this is very interesting because last chapter, chapter 4, uh, ended with uh, this kind of a big victory on a note of a great victory when they were faced by enemies who were willing to stop the work. But they stood together, they remembered the Lord, they prayed, and Nehemiah stood as the leader to, uh, to address this issue, and then they, they went over it. Now, today we are looking to chapter 5 of Nehemiah. And our theme for this day is everybody matters. Everyone matters. Everyone is important in this rebuilding project that we have been following. And today we are looking in chapter 5 to something different, which is the, the work is threatened eternally. So last chapter, there were the enemies from outside. They defeated them with victory. And now in chapter 5, we have another challenge, and that is the challenge eternally. That means among the people of God. So something happened that led into um, a challenge to stop the project, the work of rebuilding. And this is about the, uh, the cry, a great cry, outcry of the people uh, stop the work of rebuilding the wall. A great cry. Suddenly, you know, from victory, and now we come to the point of, uh, in, in, in verse 1 we read, that now the men and their wives raise a great outcry against their fellow Jews. That's, chap- that's verse 1 of chapter 5. So that's the new challenge. Now suddenly, among the people of God, people began to cry, began to raise concerns, began to say that we are suffering, we are dying, you know? And, 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 and this is a problem that actually is not supposed to, to stop the work. But Nehemiah, as a leader, could not ignore this outcry of people. And, and that's why when we remember chapter 4, it was just victory. 
And now we have a new challenge, but this time among the people of God. And, and in this sense, in all chapter 5, there is no mention of working on the wall at all. And that's the project we have been following, you know. We were just celebrating victory at the end of chapter 4. Now, chapter 5, no mention of the wall being rebuilt because of this challenge. And that's what we are looking at uh, this morning. Now, a great outcry among the people of God because the people were suffering. And people were suffering because of some reasons. Why they were suffering? Why there were outcry among the people? And we read this from uh, verses 2 to 5. And this is where we see that some in the society, in the community, among the Jews, there were social classics, classifications of people. There were rich people, and there were people who were left behind. There are rich people and poor. Now, this happened, uh, first of all, because um, the people had money problem. Money problem. There's no income. People are dying because they, they don't have enough. And this problem comes for so many reasons. One of them is that the king, the authorities, were giving tax, were asking people to pay tax, which were very heavy, and people could not afford that. And there were, not, there were no mercy. If you don't pay, and then there are consequences. That's the first problem. The authority were one problem. The other problem was the people themselves. There were the people who were rich in the community, among the Jews, among the people of God, and these people became a burden to their brothers and sisters among them. And these Jews, whom I are actually described here, might be one of the two. It might be the Jews that were in exile, they became rich, and then they brought the wealth into Jerusalem when people returned. So there were people who just came, you know, with nothing to Jerusalem, and there were people who came with something, and then now, instead of helping their brothers and sisters, they become a burden to them. Or it might be the group of people who came a long time ago. You remember the first return to Jerusalem was led by uh, a person called Zerubbabel. I, I like that name. Uh, Zerubbabel led the first group of return, returnees to Jerusalem, and that was a century ago. So these people came a long time ago. They settled their businesses, and now those who have come with Nehemiah right now, they, they have nothing. And what happens now is that the rich will lend the poor some money, all right? And then, because they are also paying tax, they will not be able to pay them back. And when they are not able to pay them back, they will then ask them, actually, to take their fields. And that's what, leaving them without income. So no fields, no income. And not only this, so when the fields are not enough, they ask them to give their children as slaves. This is the heart of the problem. 
So instead of helping their brother and sister to settle, now they ask them to give all to repay the, the debt that, um, that were given to them. Now, so these Jews, the people whom are mentioned here, are one of the two that I've just mentioned. All right, so those who have something, instead of looking for people who are left behind, instead of addressing injustice in the community, they even took advantage of that and began to be a burden to their brothers and sisters. That's the outcry. That's why people are crying. We cannot afford this anymore. Because when it comes to the point of selling their children so that they could leave to their own brothers, this is very serious. And now, Nehemiah immediate response. So Nehemiah had actually chance to say, to ignore, no, 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 I don't care about this. My mission is to build the wall of Jerusalem. Whatever happened is not my problem. But as a leader, he stood up. And he said, no. No. And that's why he said, when I heard this, when I heard this, their cry, and these charges, I was very angry. He became very frustrated. Why these things are happening among us, with the people of God? We have just stood for the enemies. And now we have to stop the work of God because there are problems. And this problem is now within us. So he that addressed the problem, he addressed the issue. And the first thing he did was he became frustrated. He became angry. He became really, really upset about this. And when you read now um, the verses that we have, he would say like, we have even now begun to, to buy our brother and sister from the Gentiles. And now you, brother and sisters, you are actually asking your brother and sister to sell their children to pay back the debt that they have. How can you do this? How can you take advantage of the people who are left behind? How can you take advantage of people who have nothing instead of helping them? That's what really Nehemiah come into. So this is very serious because this one could not be ignored. And that's why he continued to, to basically, the first thing he did, he became very angry. And now, how did he respond? We read this in chapter 5, we read verses 7 to 11. So what, what did he do? He said, after a serious thought, which reminds us of his response in chapter 1, when he received the news of Jerusalem, he said he sat down, he prayed, he took time, four months, and then after that he went to approach the king. Now this time, he said, after a serious thought, what did he do? He decided to confront the people who are causing this problem. He decided to talk to them. He decided to tell them, this is wrong. But this is not like, uh, you know, it's not like being angry and then you go out and say whatever you want. No, he, he thought about it. 
And definitely he prayed about it. And after that, he decided to, to go. And the second thing he did, he rebuked the nobles and the rulers. Those who caused this problem, he rebuked them. He told them, this is wrong. You cannot do this to your brothers. This is wrong. And you know, 70 years in captivity seems like not enough for people to say that we have seen this all of us together. But this group of brothers and sisters among the Jewish people, they took advantage of their brothers. That's why he confronted them. He said, this is wrong. You cannot do this. We cannot do this at all. Now, how did they respond to this when he confronted them, when he told them this is wrong? The first thing they did, they said, we will restore it. They confessed that we are wrong. And this is another way to say we are very sorry about this. We are wrong. We will restore it. That's the response of the nobles and, and the rulers. We are very sorry. We will restore it. And that's to say that when Nehemiah talked to them, and this is, we can see from these verses, that he talked to them in love. It's, it's not like somebody being prostrated, and then you say whatever you want to say, and then afterward you will say, oh, I'm sorry of what I said. No. He thought about it, and definitely he prayed about it, and God gave him the wisdom of the words that he wanted to, to say. And that's why they said, we are very sorry. We will restore it. We will restore it. We will not do it again. We will not continue to do it again from now on. The other thing, he also, um, they also, they also said, like, we will not do it. That's enough. And now the other thing that we see is also Nehemiah godly example. How, how did he address this issue? First of all, he addressed this issue again in a mood of prayer. In a mood of prayer. And you know, prayer is the theme of this book we have seen from the beginning up to now. So he prayed. He thought about it. He considered it. And now, as we can see, that the work did not stop because there were no money. Because you remember that the work is paid by the king of Persia. He gave them tools, gave them materials, to build, he gives them even the royal guards. That's in chapter 2, verse 8, and chapter, nine, chapter 2, verse 9. So the money was not a problem of the money to build the wall, but the problem now is the suffering of the people, the people who are left behind. And instead of helping them, now their brothers and sisters take advantage of them to increase their suffering. What do we see again? We see also the example of his generosity. What did he do? You know, sometimes it's very easy to blame other people, especially in our societies, you know. It's, we can blame the government, you know, because sometimes that's the easy way to do. The government, you know, this party and that party have done wrong, but actually Nehemiah did, did not only rebuke the nobles and the rulers. What did he do? He also took responsibility. And we have to remember now that he came to Jerusalem as a governor. This is very important. 
He came as a governor from the king. So he had all the rights of every governor to take advantage of people, asking them to pay tax and all these things, and then the tax will be taken to the king. But he did not do that. What did he do? We read this um, verses 17 to 18. Now, he in his state share the governor's income. The gov- the, you know, the, the, the thing that were given to him by the king as a governor, he shared them with other people, with his brothers and sisters. And he mentioned that at his table, he was feeding about 150 regularly. That means he, he did not isolate himself. Like, I'm a governor, you know, you know I'm the government, um, I can do what this, but he said, no, I have to share this with my brothers and sisters as a governor. So he stood up, he addressed the issue, he confronted those who were responsible for this, but also one thing he did, he says, you know, we will not tax people anymore. We will not ask people to pay, you know, um, uh, to, to, to give away their children. We will not do this anymore. We will not do this. We stop this. And everybody says, amen. We agree that this is what we will do. Now, that's why it is really important that in the midst of all this, up to now, up to verse 18, there is no mention of building the wall. So we can say that the old chapter 5, from verse 1 to 19, no mention of building the walls of Jerusalem, not because of money, not because of budget, not because of anything, but because the people of God are suffering. And that means that building the wall is equally important as taking care of the poor, of those who are left behind. You know, when we talk about this in this part of the world, it's very, very interesting. Because when we, we hear the news, you know, people are, are classified to be poor countries and rich countries, right? That's what we hear all the time. But it would be really frustrating for somebody who comes from other parts of the world to see somebody homeless in London. Do you see what I'm saying? In London, you see somebody who is homeless, who is left behind in a rich country. For me, if I've just come to this country, it will be impossible. That's why we have people who are left behind everywhere. And this is part of this rebuilding that equally we should take care of the poor in our communities, in our societies. This is important as people of God. Because we represent the presence of God wherever we are. People would see God because of us, you know. Now, sometimes we can say, oh, this is not my problem, you know, like Nehemiah. No, no, he said, no, this is my problem. And now, chapter 5, no building of the wall to address this issue until we go over it. Now they have decided, yes, everybody, amen. We will not do it again. We will not be burdened to our brothers. We will share even what we have with our brother. That's why he prayed, you know, at the end, chapter, verse 19. He prayed, remember me, God. I remember the good thing I have done to these people. This is very, very strange prayer, you know, because 
in this sense, we could say like, oh, Nehemiah is actually praising himself, you know? You know, asking God, God, I'm doing this, you know, you see what I'm doing, yeah? But actually, in this sense, he's trying to receive praise from God and not from human beings. Because it's very easy sometimes, you know, when we are not told like, you know, oh, well done, you do this, we are discouraged. But Nehemiah knows that I'm doing this and I don't want anything to praise me. But God, I'm doing this for you. Even the king has given me the materials, all I need. No, I doing, I'm doing it for him. And that's the end of chapter 5, verse 19. Praising God, saying that God, remember what I'm doing. In other words, also putting himself to be responsible um, before God. Now, we can summarize this. How did he address the whole issue? What are the methods that he used to address the issue? First of all, he became angry. We read this in verse 6. He became frustrated. No, I'm not happy. This is wrong. And then the second thing he did, he also, uh, he consulted with himself. I, I think this is very interesting. He sat down and he thought like, what do I need to do? What do I need to say? How do I talk to brothers and sisters? Respecting them, loving them, but at the same time telling them the truth in love. And the third thing he, he does also here, he rebukes the nobles and the rulers. And then after that, he also did something important. He set a great assembly. He brought everybody to be witness. So it was not just a group of people talking about something. He makes sure that everybody hears what he had to say. He brought a large number of people and tell them, brothers, this is wrong. We cannot do this. This could not happen in our community. This is wrong. There are people who are crying among us. There are people who are suffering. There are people who are left behind. This is part of our job as well. And he did that as well. And the other thing he did also, he took responsibility. He responded himself. He took part of this as a leader. And, and that's why we see his response, you know, touch the people because he did it sincerely with love and also knowing that this is very important. Now, he mentions this to God in prayer. Again, we have prayer coming here. So it was not like him talking about, you know, I'm, I'm wise enough, I can do this. No, remembering God that this is about him. It's not about me. And he just lead these people, but actually these are the people of God. Now, what can we learn today? What can we learn from this? The first thing we need to think about is that God is concerned for the poor. God is concerned for anyone who is suffering anywhere. That's why it is our job, our mission as people of God to be part of changing the community. You know, sometimes we can say, oh, the council has not done this, the government has not done this, you know, but we, the people of God, we have responsibility in our community here. And I'm so glad since I came here to know how many among us who are in this building every week, 
receiving people who are suffering in our community here, in here, in MK41 here, not in London, here. There are people who are suffering, but we stood for that. And there are people who every week come here, open the door, talk to these people, and give them what they need. This is part of our mission. So rebuilding is not just preaching the gospel, but rebuilding is everything else, including looking for the people who are suffering among us. You know, there are people who don't have anything. There are people who are left behind. You know, maybe the government would not see them, but we see them. We see them. We know them. We feel for them. And that's why we have to stand uh, to help them. So we should help, help the needy among us. Anybody who is in need, it is our responsibility to help them as well. And this is because everybody, everybody matters. Everyone is important. Everybody has to be involved in this. And this is all of us. This is all of us doing this collectively as a family of God. But in all this, in all this, the one that is important, this is why Nehemiah had to stop everything to talk about this. We have to be united in doing this. We have to be unified because the challenge here in chapter 5 is actually the people of God having divisions among them, fighting each other. You know, this is an ex example of it. So instead of being united to fight the enemy, now they have defeated the enemy, but they are now trying to be defeated by the challenges within, among the people. And that's why they have decided to stop all this. I really pray that as we talk about the book of Nehemiah, as we talk about rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, the physical walls are paid by the king, no problem. But the spiritual walls, the walls in our community, the walls in our society, the people who are left behind are not paid by the king. It is us, all of us, as people of God, as a church, to stand, to say now. And saying now means addressing injustice in the community. You know, sometimes when we talk about injustice, immediately we can think about other nations. But actually, injustice is everywhere. It's everywhere. There are people who are left behind everywhere. And that's why it is our responsibility to stand as people of God so that when we finish with this one, we continue rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And that's what we will hear next week again. But for now, we are not building the wall. We are helping the poor. And this is what we are doing today. No building of the wall now, but helping the poor is the mission for today. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you that we can hear your word. And Lord, we thank you that we can respond to this as a family, collectively. Lord, we know there are so many people who are left behind in our communities, even here around the church. Even here, Lord Father God, in MK41, there are so many people who are left behind. 
people who are out crying, Lord Father God, people who are suffering. But Lord, thank you for reminding us that we can stand for them as a church, as a family, as people of God. We can say no to injustice, no to the suffering of people, and we have to do something about it. Thank you, Lord, for all who have been doing this for years. And I pray that, Lord, you increase the number of those who are doing this, addressing injustice, helping people, Lord, Father God, to stand for your glory. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.